Hey guys, this is Chargers running back Joshua Kelly, and you're listening to the Charged Up Bolts podcast. Much love. Aight. Here's what's coming up this week on the Charged Up Bolts podcast. We're, we're, we're collective healing with the listeners. Come on. I wish our cut franchise would get caught cheating. It's a, it's a perfect recipe for the most garbage pizza ever. Fancy. That's fancy. You might as well put the cheerleaders in. They're, they're garbage. Hello and welcome to the Charged Up Bolts podcast. I'm your host, Elliot Bermudez, and on this podcast, we bring you the latest Chargers news, we preview and review every disappointing Chargers game, and we go on the biggest rants you've ever heard on a podcast. What's going on? Just listeners, what's going on? This team, the Los Angeles Chargers, what is happening with our franchise? Why do we keep having our hearts broken? Why do we do this to ourselves week in, week out? On this episode, I promise you, we're going to get to the bottom of exactly what's going on. We're going to see if we can fix it. We're going to tell you we're not going to keep doing the same thing week in, week out as we have our hearts broken and the game goes away from us late. So, we've lost another (laughs) divisional game, this time to the Raiders. Unlike the Broncos, who went down the field and scored with the last touch of the game, we go down the field... And we go incomplete and lose the game on an incomplete pass. We're going to analyse it. We're going to answer your fantastic questions. We're going to bring you some comfort. Because I think we all need it in the middle of this dreadful season. I am joined, as always, by two of my three fantastic co-hosts. I'll tell you why in a second. First up, the new Sheffield Wednesday manager, John Moores Jr. Good evening, Bez. Uh... Are you, are you fit? Have you, are your boots okay? You're playing left back next week, so uh... <laughs> <laughs> that is my position. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> well, you've got a big task ahead of you. I don't know which. Uh, uh, for those that don't know, you know, Boz and I support the same soccer team in England. Our manager Gary Monk was sacked this week. Um, we just went for Anthony Lynn to go, and we've got the tr- the uh, the double factor. I don't know what. Yeah, just before John is. jumps, I'd just like to point out that Sheffield Wednesday are as poorly run as the Chargers historically. Make consistency we don't want to get too excited with our sports teams (laughs) Uh, i'm also joined by the guy that obviously needs yet another vacation john ayres yeah um one vacation is not enough when you got to end it watching the chargers lose to the raiders i mean i think i said it last week on the pod i don't care if they lose all the rest of the games except for two all i want are for those two wins to get be against the raiders because i just cannot stand losing to the raiders but We don't always get what we want. We don't. Neither does your wife, does she? she we, did you not like just really annoy her by just sitting watching the game? You know, did, could you not just take a weekend off to no game? Just leave the disappointment at home. Well, my wife, bless her heart, <laughs> she uh, supports me in my my addiction to this abusive relationship that that is the Chargers. And uh, <laughs> in the middle of our vacation, it's uh, about uh, the game start was I think three o'clock. Um, and be- still, what the sun was still out. My daughter comes to me probably halfway through the first quarter and is like, "Can can we go to the beach?" And I'm just like, "No, honey, we already went to the beach this morning, and you know, Daddy's got to watch this." And my wife kind of gives me a look, but she supports me. And I sit there and watch the whole game. And at the end of the game, it's yet another loss and yet another disappointment. And she just comes to me and says, "I don't understand it." You knew this was going to happen. They do this every week. Why couldn't you just take one week off from the misery and take your daughter to the beach? Seriously, like, why do you do this to yourself? And I just, I mean, I didn't really have anything to say. 
Um, except for one thing, and that was to throw Waz under the bus because he asked yes. me to he asked me to take over Twitter at halftime, and I of course said yes. So um, if it got a little bit more snarky after halftime on the account, that's probably why. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag blame Waz. Yes, <laughs> I'll take the blame. I'll take one for the team. So, guys, we are not joined by our third co-host, Mr. Dan King. Congratulations on becoming a dad um, today, as well as we record this. We're super proud of you. Big shout out. Um, and, uh, you know, we shall raise a toast in your honour uh, to your uh, to your kid. Baby guys, Griffin. What are, yeah, what are, what are we what, what are we toasting? I've got a, my usual Strongbow's dark fruit that I am sipping in, in honour of Dan. Uh, it's positive news. Was what are you uh, raising? I've got a bottle of sparkling water, of course. <laughs> <Sam Pellegrino. laughs> fancy, in, in honor, fancy, yeah, fancy, fancy water in honor of Dan's baby. Well, in honor of the wonderful news, I have busted out the Robles Sabana. It is a oh, wonderful nice. small batch reserve. Um, it's it's a it's a mountainous region called Terrazu. A oh, very beautiful medium roast coffee. Some chocolate in there. Some some nuts and berries. Just it's very smooth, very mild. But it's the kind of thing that you sit back and you sip on. And you say, you know what? Today's going to be a good day. You know what? It is a good day for you, Mr. King. You are the king of the world, and now you have the heritage to bring it on forward for you, as as you like to do with your monarchies over there across the pond. <laughs> and that's a segue to the owner of that coffee company to get in touch with charges.bolts.com. We'll give you our PayPal account details and you can sponsor us gladly for the next two years. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. So Brilliant. come on, you know, we've, we've, we've put something positive. We've raised it. We've raised a toast and uh, we, we look forward to Dan coming back uh, when he gets some sleep. Yeah, so in probably 18 years time. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, not much sleep. So, so, uh, so guys, on to the Raiders, you know, let's put it out there. Um, we can analyze this as much as possible what your thoughts but what i really want us to talk about uh for our listeners because this is a big theme on twitter and with our listeners what's wrong with our what's wrong with our franchise what's what's happening it's the same thing is it different things um john you've been a Chargers fan longer than we have you know is there light at the end of the tunnel or is this what we have to put up with forever i mean there have been plenty of good times um there was a super bowl back in the early 90s um so what's one of those? <laughs> yeah, one day. I think one day when young Griffin has uh, is old enough to probably have his own strongbow, they may he may know what a Super Bowl is. I don't know. Uh, hopefully, hopefully he's a Panther fan growing up. <laughs> Save him some misery. <laughs> but um, it, they've got good and bad. It's just oh uh, man, I don't. It's hard to say. Over the last ten years, I think it just feels like. Um, the franchise hasn't been able to get over the hump and I, and you know coaching is a big part of it i just don't think they've honestly they haven't had a coach that in my opinion you could easily say hey this guy is one of the top 10 to 15 coaches in the league i don't think we've had that since marty schottenheimer i i don't i don't believe so i i was never a fan of the north turner hiring part of that was um, i was a big marty guy so obviously i was a little you know a little, little salty on on the way that ended but um you know north turner was not the guy mike mccoy it just uh, it it just has not turned out well, and I you know I, I think that it's hopefully Telesco makes the right decision and you know evaluates Lynn and decides he's not the guy to take this team uh, and take Justin Herbert into the future, um, and I hope that he goes out and gets a coach that that can do it. I don't know who that is, you know I'm not an expert on this. There's a lot of names being flown around. Um, 
You know, I even saw today was it uh, Colin Coward again? It's, he speaks. He talks a lot. So let's. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say he knows anything special, but he posited that hey, why wouldn't Bill Belichick end his time in New England like Tom Brady did, and maybe take a few years in L.A. and mold Justin Herbert and the Chargers under his own image? And you know, I as as much as I've hated on on the Patriots over the years and I I would do it you know I, and you know that same conversation by the way which was about 30 minutes with my wife about why I support a team that has that is just always losing uh we had a conversation about uh, I I brought up the Patriots and I said you know people will hate on the Patriots cuz you know there's all these allegations of them cheating but honestly I wish our franchise would get caught cheating. It means they're willing to do whatever it takes to win. And I just don't know if – right now, I don't know if there's a mentality for that. I don't know if Spanos has the mentality. I don't know if Telesco has the mentality. Um, because leaving leaving coaches in place who are vastly underperforming is not it. And, you know, you don't want to fire Lynn, fine. Don't fire Lynn. But you got to fire George Stewart. you got to fire Gus Bradley. you got to fire somebody. Somebody needs – there needs to be a statement made by firing one of these coaches and saying, look, mediocrity is not acceptable. And if this is how you're going, if this is how your units are going to perform, they, then you are not going to have a job. So I don't know. I just, mm-hmm. it, it feels like that there is just a, this, this franchise is not all in on winning right now. And it's sad to think because they, they've got enough talent that they could be competing. Mate, I, I was saying exactly this to was a little bit earlier saying that, um, you know, pre-season, whether you have one or not, we send time getting reps in for them to learn each other and how to how to throw a twenty-yard pass, what assignments to do. I just like them to, to, you know, if we saw hard knocks, clearly they aren't doing it. I'd like them to have a psychologist in to teach them the art of the winning mentality, to the killer instinct. Now, I'm not gonna endorse Bounty Gate and what the Saints did, but it's an example of the extreme end. And the, the Patriots cheating where they record sidelines and all the shenanigans they get up to deflate gate just shows you the extreme end of an ultra-winning mentality. You come here to do your job to get a Super Bowl. And, and that is just sit in a room with your team every day for a couple of hours and teach them the killer instinct. Because we don't have it. And I don't think we're talking about it. We'll be in mates and friends. And well done. Nice guys finish last in the division again. I'll be honest with you. If Lynn had the practice film of all the teams he was playing the week before, I don't even know if he could adjust the, his plan and his schemes to, to capitalize on it. That's that's how little I, f- I feel about his game management and his preparation going into these games. I, th- I think the problem as well is for, for every one of the Chargers players who's playing well and you look at Justin Herbert, phenomenal, especially playing behind a makeshift banged-up O-line. Keenan Allen has been absolutely phenomenal. You could argue Hunter Henry's having a really good season. He's staying healthy. He's being productive. For every one of our players that are playing well, there's two or three that are not up to scratch. Casey Hayward, what is he doing? Okay, Derek Carr's 165 yards uh, on Sunday. He, he picked on Hayward. Um, Aguilar's touchdown, was that a 45-yard pass? Hayward was in coverage there. I mean, we've seen nothing from our second uh, draft pick of, of 2020, Kenneth Murray. I mean, he got benched. Um, clearly, Melvin Ingram is is feeling the pain right now. He's just not doing anything this season, apart from his his interception. He's not even getting any real pressure on the quarterback. So our big, a lot of our big game players, certainly on the defensive side of the football, 
they're just not in in the uh, running this season, and I think it's starting to show. And let's look at that final drive against the Chargers on um, Sunday. You know, um, two fades, both incompletions. Now, the incompletions aside, Herbert is still a rookie. Maybe in six years he turns around and says, "We're not playing that that call. I, you know, I'm not. I'm not playing that." Um, uh, fade. We're going to do it my way, and and, and you know um, try and get that six. But at the minute, he's just doing it. He's told he's he's he's, he's vulnerable in that sense. He doesn't want to rock the boat, uh, despite how productive he's been and, and how sort of positive he's been. But we, we just with the players not being up to scratch, the coach is not being great. Um, the the play call is being suspect. The injuries on top. It's just coming to a head right now and the psychological aspect of this game could be, could affect us going down the stretch. Um, I'm absolutely with Bez. I think somebody put on Twitter yesterday, if you're the GM, think outside the box, what are you going to do? Don't just say fire Lynn. And I said two things, go and get the, the best sports conditioning coach on the planet. Because I, I've said all along, I think we struggle in the third and fourth quarter for a reason. Yeah, we're, 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 I agree with we're, you. We're not fit. We're not fit enough. And then go and get a psychological coach, um, somebody along the lines of uh, Dave Brailsford or that line of coaching from UK Cycling when they they went from being nobodies to the best in the world. Because I think the coaches need mentors, and obviously the coaches mentor the players. But when the coaches are on their, you know, with the backs to the wall, they need some assistance. And I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. We've we've said um, previously that we're not sure who's been approached. But I think at least if the Chargers made a positive move and said we've got Professor So-and-so in, um, Steve Peters or someone like that to actually address the psychological aspect of, of this team. You're, you're not telling me that heading into the fourth quarter in a close game that players aren't starting to panic. Because it's now, you know... It's, systemic across all three phases of the game. I mean, special teams might might as well not even turn up. You might as well put the cheerleaders in. They're, they're garbage. Joe Reed, he needs to get those weights I'd out. I'd watch of the, that, to be fair. Say again? You'd watch it. <laughs> I mean, you, you know, the, the, those, um, the rookies that have come in, other than, uh, other than Herbert, they haven't done a great deal, and we need everyone to be doing their bit. We can't have three or four players on the entire roster carrying the rest of the team, and that's how it feels at the minute. I think there's a lot to fix here, but going back to the coaching, John, you're absolutely right. Just get rid of Stuart. Get rid of him now. Just just get rid of him. You know, let's let's bring some fresh ideas in. I don't think we bring a head coach in and, and unless we've got somebody that we, we know has got a different idea and who's going to be better. Uh, we, we spoke about um, Mike Tomlin. Last two seasons, wasn't particularly great. Started improving last season. And now he's looking like a Super Bowl contender. The, the Steelers are stuck with him for a reason. Um, Lynn, he had that one season, that that twelve and uh, four season, twenty eighteen, phenomenal, and we expected a lot from him last season. It hasn't happened. So unless we've got somebody that's going to come in and make an impact, you know, do we just stay with Coach Lynn for now? But he needs help elsewhere. Shane Steichen has done a decent job, but we just said his, his play calling could have been better on that final drive. Bradley, I think his, his ass is on the line. 
George Stewart is played three or four games too many. Get rid of him. And then the conditioning staff, what are they doing? What? How are we not preparing properly? Why are we getting so many injuries? Why do, don't we look as strong as we should be doing in the fourth quarter? Um, it's a it's a perfect recipe for the most garbage pizza ever. It's as simple as that. But we, we don't say ham and pineapple. Yeah, ham and pineapple with some uh, I don't know ketchup on top. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the thing is, guys, is that I actually think Anthony Ling could be successful. I think we've had him too early. We tried to be bold and get this um, leader of men, you know, or go out and get this guy that all the players love and and bring him in and. I think we've got him too early. I think if he'd naturally progressed up to O offensive coordinator somewhere, got the experience, the clock management, the the uh what to you know, the, the killer instinct, what to do at the end of games, how to suss your opponents out, he would be a much better head coach. And I think he will go somewhere else, he'll drop down into the organization and he will get another opportunity. Um and if he goes into a winning organization where they just need a, a face to pull everyone together, he could pick up a ring. But you come into the Chargers that need bloody, you know, hand-holding and rocking like a baby, um, and, and you have to you have to fight, you have to get in the trenches and get your fingers and hands dirty. And Okay. He's not that kind of coach, is he, really? No, it, it is one, then. Okay, so the direction of travel. If the Chargers can't play complementary football, which clearly they can't, you need at least one side of the ball to be dominant. And, and right now, that is a passing game. It's phenomenal the fact that we've we haven't got the best O line and we've got a rookie quarterback who's basically breaking any record in sight. I mean, what's the latest one? It broke Cam Newton's record for two thousand one hundred three yards for the most passing yards in a, in a rookie's first seven starts since at least nineteen fifty. He's broke all those other records. He's on so pace. To, build... He's on pace to break the uh, to the rookie re- uh, touchdown record as well. So well, well there you go, John. To shatter there, it, there you go. Not not to match it, to shatter it. To shatter it. it. Okay. So th- this is phenomenal. Let's build a team around him. Let's let's address the offensive line, and then let's let's start working on the offense, and then rebuild on defense. We hopefully we'll get Joey Bosa back next next week, but that's not going to help us long term. We need to start looking at Melvin Ingram's replacement. We need to assess whether G- Jerry Tillery is that um, pass rush. Uh, a uh, guy that that can that can step up into the breach and support Joey going down the stretch for the next five six seasons. So let's 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 work on the offense. I mean, with Keenan Allen still in his prime, absolutely fantastic. We've got some good um, receivers there. We've got some good tight ends. The running game, we we're going to get Austin Eckler back. That's a massive positive. Um, Belage, I don't know how he's going to pan out for the next um, few weeks. He might just be a short term fix, but the the we we can work with the offense. Uh, let's at least start putting some numbers up on the board. And if we're going to lose games, let let's lose thirty five uh, to thirty or whatever, as as opposed to these games where we're losing in in the twenties. We can't. I don't think we're in a position that where we can fix both sides of the football. Um, so let's just work on the offense because that's the strongest asset. I mean, Herbert is that good. It's as simple as that. He's coming to he's coming to the league. He can obviously adjust. He's got the mental attributes. He's got the physical attributes. He's not playing behind an elite offensive line. And the fact that he's doing what he's, he's, he's been able to uh, produce on the pitch 
it's just we are, we are lucky to have one of those three quarterbacks that's come out of this year's draft. So so let's work on that. Let's build on that, and then let's start looking at the um, defensive line uh, or the defensive side of the, the ball. Um, you know, in in not next year's draft, the year after. Let's try and pick up some uh, you know uh, free agents or let let's trade. Um, who can who we got that we we can trade away? I think that's where we need to start looking. Desmond King. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> that worked out well, didn't it? Was it his first play? His first play, yeah. He ran it home, didn't he? He ran it home. So, I mean, I think, I think you know, picking up a loose ball is a little bit overrated in the NFL. Force, forcing the turnover is the one, but uh, yeah, it still it, it just shows the Chargers absolutely cursed because we trade away a player that we all like, we get nothing for him, and that's the luck he falls into. So. I mean, if you were, if you were new to football and you were just looking at the Chargers box scores um, you'd be going on Google or asking a friend saying why are the Chargers 2 and 6 with the numbers that they're putting up it, it's it, it, you know it's absolutely mind boggling I mean what did the what did the Raiders put 162 yards passing on Sunday uh, 160 yards on the ground uh, but it's these, it's these chunk plays in, in coverage what's, it's, it's, it's where we're sort of letting ourselves down and then we're not always capitalising when we've got the football. But it's just unbelievable the fact that somebody's acknowledged that we we don't want this accolade, but we're the most exciting 2-6 and six season, uh, team that anyone's ever seen in the NFL. We've got so much potential, but uh, trying to fix one thing at a time is, is the way ahead. I don't think we can do everything at once. Look, we're going to get Derwin James back next year. Let's hope that we can keep him healthy. He, he's been a massive... Uh, missing piece, you know, behind that defensive line. Um, get, get, and, but... and my patience for waiting for injured players is increased because I'll tell you one thing about this. Jason Verrett, first round pick, saw the talent, lots of injuries, and I think Chargers fans collectively were happy to see him disappear. But then, obviously, the 49ers pick him up and he's he's just been incredible. The elite cornerback that, that he, we knew he could be. So my, my patience for injured players... Is, is extended, and I think uh, Derwin James has the longest leash in history. Uh, Keep him even yeah. if his legs fall off. It needs to be with Derwin because he's that good. Uh, what, what was that? Uh, what did Daniel Jeremiah say? Most centres look for, uh, obviously, point out um, uh, Mike. Uh, when Derwin James on the pitch, it's like there's Derwin James, not there's Mike fifty four. You know, so let, let's hope we can get him back next season. Um, I'm just a bit concerned about our pass rush. Have we have we seen the best of Melvin Ingram, or is he just playing to put a plaster on things at the minute because we've we've got nobody else? I don't know. It's it's worrying. Well, I'm fed up of uh, fed up of the lad because did you see him? I don't know if you go back and watch if you didn't. There are a dozen snaps on Sunday where he stood up at the line of scrimmage and he does his thing where he sort of leans over the ball. He comes in the A gap, then he backs out and he goes. He moves around, which like like a when he's on his game, it's like like a predator hunting his prey. But at the weekend, he he goes in a gap. He looks. He backs out of the gap. He stood behind um, Linval Joseph, looking around, and the snap start gone, and the play started, and he hasn't even begun to rush the passer. And by the time he's rushed the guy, he's walked straight into a guard. The pass is already travelling down the field, and it happened. I think I counted eleven times. He wasn't watching when the ball was snapped, and he wasn't ready to begin. I, I, that is a just what is that? That Bess, is poor coaching. I just and think poor veteran 
knowledge. I, I think there, I think he's trying to carry the baggage for possibly if Kenneth Murray is struggling, he's, he's, he's trying to do too much on the pitch. Because I saw a couple of snaps of Melvin on the sideline and he was debriefing people. You know, maybe he's trying to coach on the field as well as doing his job. That's that's maybe one take from this. Um, maybe players are out there in the middle, rabbit in headlights. I mean, Kenneth Murray, something's gone seriously wrong there for him to be hooked. Um, his production's been down the last few few games. And if we're not careful with him, he's going to be one of those rookies that will disappear into thin air, end up in the XFL. We don't want that. But this comes back to the psychological aspect of, of the coaches um, getting amongst the players. I mean, do we <laughs> do we suck for Sewell? I mean, realistically, I know we're going off a tangent here. I've got us now. No, this is, no, no this is what this episode. Well, is about. I've got us winning. We're, we're collective healing with the listeners. Come on, you know. I've got us nervously beating the Jets in the next eight games, so that'll take us to three and eleven. Well, we've got we've got a segment. I won't I won't uh, steal your sandwiches. We have a segment coming up about. About you know what what we want from the rest of the season a bit later, but you know I don't think that's unrealistic. I I, I think you know right now it could be any. I wouldn't put any results past the Chargers. Look at, I wouldn't look at the uh, rushing game at the minute. Austin Eckler of four games, forty nine carries for two hundred forty eight yards rushing. Joshua Kelly, ninety one carries, two hundred ninety two yards. He's played eight games. He's he's played twice as many games. You know, Eckler, big shoes to fill. Um, unfortunately, we might not see him back this season. But would he would he have made any difference to these close games? Arguably, yes. I don't know. I am get it off your chest, lad. Get it off your chest. I am. I'm. I'm feeling a lot of things. I mean, you both have made some very good points. Uh, you know, one thing I wanted to go back to was talking about Anthony Lynn and did they bring him up too early? And I think they did. I don't think he had enough experience coaching at a, at a high level. And now he's he was a running back coach and assistant, offensive assistant coach, and all these other like lower level coaching jobs before but he didn't have enough time as an oc or as a coach and to be honest if he gets fired i don't think anyone's hiring him as an offensive coordinator i don't think there's anything that he's doing that is showing me hey this guy's an offensive genius um he to me if he gets fired i i think he becomes a specialist coach somewhere uh because a friend hires him i i, I don't think he's retained as a head coach or as a as a high level coordinator anywhere. Cause he's, he's literally never done it anywhere until the chart, until he got a, basically a half a season worth of experience because he was rapidly escalated with the, with um, the bills. And then the chargers decided, Hey, we're going to jump on this guy. We're going to be smart and we're going to get this guy before anybody knows who he is. Well, that was a mistake. Uh, obviously uh, because he just, he, there are certain parts of this game, the X's and O's, the in-game management, the clock management that he just struggles on. And I just don't know if he's going to get any better. And to be honest, I don't want to waste what we have talent wise on this team waiting for him to figure it out. So I'm done with Anthony Lynn. He needs to go, you know, it's, I'm a big baseball fan and I support the Los Angeles angels of, of Anaheim and, Orange County, California, whatever you want to call them now. Anyways, but they've got one of the best well, – not one of them. They've got the best player in baseball, one of the generational talents to play the game, and that's Mike Trout. And the entire time they've had Mike Trout, all they've done is put up mediocre teams around him, and he's, he's only had a few playoff games his entire career. And, and that is just 
a waste. It is a waste of his talent and a waste of his his life, basically, on this team. And I feel bad for him, you know, because he plays his heart out. He's consistently one of the top players in the in the game, and yet he never even comes close to sniffing a championship. And I just fear that the Chargers are going to do that to Herbert. I feel that they're going to continuously put poor coaching around him or not surround him with all the talent that that is required to to win at a high level in the NFL. And I, and I don't want to see it. I don't want to see Herbert's career wasted by this organization. And I think it starts with firing Lynn and hiring a coach who has the credentials and who has the experience to lead a team to the promised land. And that's a Super Bowl. And I, you know, honestly, even if they don't win that Super Bowl, which I would hope they would, but just to get, the team to the Super Bowl, it would be miles ahead of any of the coaches they've had in the last 10, 15 years. So I just, I, I need to see better from the team because honestly, Herbert is the guy we've, we've already seen it. He's putting up amazing records. Uh, I mean, we talked about the, the, the records already this season. Um, he's on pace to, I think, what is it? 21 or 22 is the rookie touchdown record. I think it is. Uh, he's already got 17, so he's going to break through that. Uh, is the record for most 300-yard games is uh, six. He's already got four. He should have five, but one of them ended up with 290 because, you know, the Chargers screwed him over on that one again, too. So he's probably going to break that. Uh, you know, he's only he's only like 150 yards behind Burrow, who, by the way, has an extra game under his belt. So I don't anticipate him not passing up Burrow on the passing yards and breaking that rookie record as well. I mean, he could be one of the most decorated rookie quarterback seasons of all time. And what's he going to get for it? Maybe four or five wins. And why? It's because the coaching is poor around him and the talent is just not there right now in every in every asset of the, facet of the game. So... I really, really want to see them go all in and spend the money in all the right areas, you know, and I'm not saying they're a cheap team because that's a fallacy. They, they, they consistently have one of the higher payrolls in the league. It's, it's not like they don't spend money, but I, I do question their ability to find hire and attract the top coaching uh, in the league because so far they haven't done that in the last 10 years. And, uh, trotting Anthony Lynn back out there with a new defensive coordinator is not the answer. I promise you, it is not the answer. Um, you know, you talk all day long about bringing in a psychologist to help them. No, you don't need a psychologist, okay? You need a head coach who can do that. That is the head coach's job. You know, yes, he's the manager of, of everything. He, he manages personnel. He manages the scheme. He manages the – he does all that. But first and foremost – your head coach is a person who sets the tone. He's the person who inspires, motivates, gets everybody up in the morning and gets them in the right mindset. And if the players don't have that killer instinct, if they don't have that mindset to finish, that's on the head coach. It's not on a psychologist. It's not on the coordinators. It's on the head coach because that is your job. And Anthony Lynn has completely and utterly failed at that job over the last two seasons. And I just don't see any reason to give him another shot at it, you know, trying to blame Gus Bradley. Like you, you, you blamed Wisenhunt before you're going to blame Bradley this time. Well, guess what? How many head coaches Here comes the Gus apologist? <laughs> yeah, I'm a Gus apologist, <laughs> but it's, it's bad. He's ruined. I don't know what he's doing, but he's just, I mean, you, you saw the quote about him saying that they ran a, a, a the, the touchdown play against Jacksonville where um, they were running a defensive play that they hadn't even practiced. Like that's Bush league crap right there. I can't, I, there's no defense for that. I just, ugh. 
I'm over Gus, I'm over George Stewart, and I'm over Anthony Lynn, and I'm just going to be really, really disappointed if the Chargers try to trot Lynn back out there again. And yes, I'll support the team, but it's just going to be another wasted year, in my opinion. And it's a really good time to hire a new coach, because you said about attracting the best. If any coach worth their salt doesn't want to go and coach a Herbert-led Chargers team with Bosa's and a high draft pick, potentially, you know, it's and money to spend, there is a massive positive you know, combination. It isn't a rebuild. It isn't a great team, no quarterback. It isn't a team that hasn't got any salary cap. It is, or, or, or has just got in the playoffs and has a the, the 27th pick. It is a prime position that any coach should want. I, I'm the same. I, I want a clear out because I, I watched the end of the second half, but the end of the second quarter and the end of the game, and we can't manage the clock. We can't stop the run. We don't know what plays to call. We're clawing draws. We don't know what situation we're in. And then we have the best, and I'm going to say this, and we, we discussed this, what, episode seven, but I'm, I'm going to change my tune. I think Keenan Allen is the best wide receiver in the NFL. You know, there are different types of wide receiver, but I think he is the most talented because he doesn't drop a ball. He is elite. He is open. At the end of the game, you have two passing opportunities to win a game put it towards and in the hands of the greatest wide receiver in your franchise's history or one of the best the gr- put, give him a chance to win the game oh no we're going to try and be clever and go up to Don I love Donald Parham Jr but in that position you're putting it in the hands of your untested rookie tight end or are you going to put it in the hands of Keenan Allen give him a chance to win he, lo- he looked defeated I think you said something about this was like he looked. He looked lost to you. Was it? What were you looking at? His interview or something? Yeah, just just his just his demeanor and things like that. You know, it's, it's sometimes when coaches lose close games and or players lose close games, they you know if it's a bad call from the from the officials, they they come out with a lot of spit and fire, um, and sometimes they just come out of it look like they've just been smashed around the head by Mike Tyson, and I think that was the latter. Uh, just just pure shell shock. Um, and we've got to get a grip of this because if players start feeling sorry for themselves now, the season's going to get uglier and uglier and uglier. And while ever, I believe, while ever we're being competitive and we're in games right to the wire, people will still believe that we can do it or there's still there's, there's hope. But if you look at the what we want to avoid is what happened to the uh, Buccaneers of the day. If we start getting blown out of games... That's when, you, you know, people are really going to start losing faith, and we, we don't want that. Um, I don't like to see us lose. I hate seeing us lose, but at least we, we, you know, we're being competitive. Yeah, we're not getting over the line, but it's not like we're getting blown out by a fifty burger every week. We've just got to find ways to to win and um, stop making these silly mistakes, whether it's a field goal or better play calling on the final drive it's uh it's a strange one mate it, you you nailed it it's the hope that kills you it's the hope that kills you with this team <laughs> because there's always positives you know we blow it but we're always close we always have a star we always find a talent we always draft the right player we always develop the right rookie but it also doesn't ignore, ignore the fact that we also draft the wrong player who KJ Hill, who, who everyone loves, and then oh, you know fumbles boy. away and muffs the muffs the punt. So you keep having these this bipolar team, 
Um, come on, let's let's look at the positives. Players of the week. Yeah, let's let's see if we can. Do we need to even mention can, his uh, name? You know, I think we all agree who the offense. Is. I mean, I like Belage, but I think there's a, there's only one bloke, isn't there? Are we, are we all on board Justin with, with Justin? If he's, if did he get make any tackles this week? If he did, he's getting defensive player of the week as well. <laughs> um, so so I think we'll, we'll give it to Justin. You know, Justin deserves it. Rookie of the week, player of the week on offense. Um, defensive. I was going to give it to uh, Adley. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there are no words oh. for that. <laughs> oh dear! Oh my! He, he's a bust, mate. He's he's an absolute bust. He's he's late to everything. He can't tackle. He can't cover. He he hasn't got good hands. Oh, for goodness! I actually saw an improvement, which says a lot because he was awful, but he was he was slightly better this week. Is there anyone on the defense that that looked remotely good apart from Tillery for the first five minutes of the game? Kaiser White again. Give it to him. It was a poor defensive effort all around. I I don't know if I even want to give anybody an opportunity to even have any positive light shed on them. Um, I, th- I think the Raiders bad. made the Raiders made nearly as many solo tackles as we had team tackles. It's just yeah, not good. Um, people are just flapping at fresh air. So wrap up the tackle. I think I think Dan said it in a tweet. Can we not just wrap up instead of dipping your shoulder into fresh air, hoping that the the running the running back's going to fall over? No, he's not going to fall over. He's going to run it in for a touchdown or make chunk plays and move the chains. You know, it's just just embarrassing. And there is no there is no excuse for that because that's just moral courage and getting back onto training field. You know, practice, mate. At home, at home in your new stadium, it's the Raiders. And and you're putting hands on people and not driving through them. Come on, give me a break. Forget forget our two and six record. The thing that people aren't talking about enough is the zero and nine record in the division since last season. That's not acceptable. Is I don't know if there's any any other teams in the uh, NFL that have got such a poor divisional record over the last two seasons. Maybe the Jets. I don't know. Um, does anybody want to come in? Is is, is I don't think there is. It's going to be us. Isn't it? It's going to be us or the Jets, the two greatest franchises in the NFL. No, because even <laughs> even like the Jets can manage a a win in the division. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm going to have to say it, the Chargers are the only team who is that piss poor in their own division. It's embarrassing. It's absolutely well. Look, I, I think we can put the Raiders to bed unless anyone has a burning comment they want to get off their chest. We'll put it to bed. It's gone. We have some listener questions, so thank you for your content. Um, <laughs> Snowy on Twitter came with the best one, so we'll start with that. Why do we continue to support the Chargers? <laughs> do we crave disappointment in our lives? <laughs> was it's, this is an easy one for me? So I was—I've been watching the NFL since the eighties on American Forces Network. Um, I was quite—I was neutral for a long time, um, and ahhing about which team to sort of follow. It wasn't going to be anyone wearing red. It wasn't going to be the Packers because you'll never get tickets up there. Well, let's 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 go somewhere where it's warmer climes. And it was the Chargers. It's it's easy to jump on the bandwagon, especially on this side of the pond, and opt for a team with a with a rich history in the NFL, whether it be the Cowboys, the 49ers, the Steelers, uh, obviously the, the Patriots in in recent years. But the Chargers, you know, you're either a Charger fan or you're not. And I think the true football fans will always stay with the team, as as in any sport, in any franchise. 
it's just the way it is. It's you, you wake up in the morning, you've either won or lost, in our case, in, in recent seasons, and you just hope and pray for the next game, just keep going. There's a lot of good things that are um, happening with the, the franchise, mainly on offence and mainly Mr Herbert, because we've got potentially an absolutely phenomenal player there for the next decade and a half at least. Um, yeah, it's just... We, we, we're glut, you know, glutton for punishment, aren't we? Just keep at it. Bez, me and you know, 30 odd years I've been following Sheffield Wednesday, nothing but misery. We'll just keep going. I know. Yeah, you <laughs> see, I'm too going. young to even. I'm too young to even. Even, even when we were good days. in the early 90s, we never won anything. No. Oh, we won the League yeah, Cup. But, but... Mate, we won the League Cup. I was too young. Yeah. I, I, I started supporting Wednesday the year we got relegated from the Premier League. Oh, dear. I, support, I started supporting the Chargers in North Turner's second year. Um, so we've never won the division since I've been a Chargers fan. Um, Padres, you know, do I need to go say anything? You know, I, I I wasn't around for the 98 playoff run and I started being a fan. Like, I mean, we broke the hoodoo this year, but uh, up until then, nothing. Clippers have done naff all. So, um, mate, I, I, <laughs> I'm clearly a glutton for punishment the, the, where sports teams... The, the thing concerned. is, with the, with the sports teams... Certainly you and I, and even John to a certain extent, had we not got involved in, in charges at bolts.com, you know, if we'd have put a, a Dolphins cap on tomorrow or or even a Steelers cap, nobody would none the wiser. And I tell you what irritates me, I can't remember his name now, there's a fellow that I used to follow on uh, Twitter, big Chargers fan. One day I woke up and there he was in all his black, all Raiders gear, brand new jersey, brand new cap. How does that even work? You, you know, it's that's just ridiculous. I don't get that with fans. Check that. I, I don't. I, and the other thing is, unless, you, unless you nailed it. Sorry, unless the teams actually moved. And uh, yeah, I know. And we have had problems with 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 obviously San Diego. I, I do get that. Yeah, I but but that. not if you live in San Diego. Like, you know, I'm just going to put a Raiders cap on. No, well, this is the thing. Like my mate Joe, that inspired me wanting to you know set up a podcast in the first place. He he was. Um, he abandoned. He claimed the charge had abandoned him uh, by moving, so he went to find a new team and he chose the Panthers. So, um, you know, shout out to Joe, you got ahead of the curve. But I don't understand anyone that supports a team that abandons them. How does that work? You, when you have a team, you have a team. And the other thing that annoys me in the UK, um, Americans, you won't, you won't, you, know, you won't know this. So let me enlighten you. The NFL is getting really popular over here in the UK. People are, you know getting on board with it, going to the Wembley games, the Tottenham Hotspurs uh, um, stadium games. And do you know what they're doing? Ooh, I like this sport, this NFL. Who's the most, who's the Who's the best team? Yeah. Oh, I'll support the Patriots. I'll support the, the Packers. Oh, who, who's top of the rankings? Oh, the Steelers. Oh, I better support them. Jesus. Yeah, the, the amount of You've got to... Seahawks jerseys after they won the, well, they went, when they went to two Super Bowls, it was embarrassing. You know, I mean, go, who, you know, who's, we, who's we, your leading uh, player of the secondary? The what? It's like, yeah, okay, bandwagon fan. No, <laughs> no one can accuse true, us there's of a lot that. of them. I mean, you can't accuse John Ayres. You know, John Ayres, you've been through thick and thin. You've you've seen some glory days of LT, but you know, you wouldn't abandon the team, would you? But you, you, you're signing up for years more punishment, mate. I again, thirty minute conversation with my wife, and I just had to say, look, there is no part of me that would ever consider you know, unfollowing this team and finding a team that is a front runner. It's just not who I am. It's not, I mean, I'm, I'm a Clippers fan. I'm an Angels fan. I'm a Chargers fan. I mean, if you want to talk about 
a fan of some quote unquote poverty franchises. That's me. And I think I just like it. I think th there's a deep part of me that feels like I deserve this, this punishment and this pain. Cause that's the only thing I can think of that makes me want to come back every, every weekend to watch. It's the only thing that makes me, you know, there must be some sort of, some sort of craziness in me that comes back every season before the season is starting up saying, you know what? This team looks good. Yeah. This team has a shot. You know, this is the year, you know, I've just got, I don't know if that's just fandom in general, but it is who I am to my soul. I'll never stop being uh, a Chargers fan. And I'll continue to think that this team always has a shot at, at, at getting into the Super Bowl in the preseason, regardless of who it is. Uh, you know, I just, I don't know. It's just in me. It's in my fabric. So, I'll uh, I'll never change my mind, and uh, you know I'll just live in the pain. And you can't you can't deny the fact we have got the coolest uniforms in sport. I mean, I can't remember if it was on CBS that does said that, that, does that the Raiders had. It's like what? Get out of here! I think the uh, I, I think having really good gear is very helpful. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Hundred percent. It's, it's the moral victory trophy. Yeah. It's the things we cling to as Wednesday fans. Well, we're garbage, massive. Garbage. We We've got some garbage uniforms. <laughs> yeah, but we have huge attendances. Like, and then you got to the, the Chargers. Oh wow, those powder blues. You know, brilliant. We've that's that. Do they do a trophy for that every year? Um, I'd, I'd rather. Would I rather lose in a great uniform or win? In, no, I couldn't win in a bad uniform. I'll take disappointment and the most beautiful uniforms in sport. Yeah, that's it. That's the life I've signed up for. <laughs> um, guys we have another question uh, two people uh, made some comments Macmillie and Brian on Twitter um, wanting to know a bit about who's to blame for our issues at the end of halves on the O uh, I think I touched on it a little bit earlier but we have clock issues play calling is Steichen you know is, it, is are the reins his or is Lynn overlooking it and it, it falls on his head John I mean Oh, it, so it's really hard for me right now because I really, really am in a salty mood. So I'm really, you know, I, I really want to start blaming everybody. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a cacophony of errors. I think ultimately it is on Lynn. I think there are some clock management issues that need to be fixed up. I think that, you know, as as much as I would like to hate on some of Steichen's calls at the end of the games, I think he's done a really good job for most of the game. Uh, and I think Steichen's doing a good job. I mean, Herbert's a rookie. And, yeah, he's made some rookie mistakes. But um, I, I still think that ultimately, you know, it's falling on Anthony Lynn. Uh, it's falling on the, on the defense, too. And you you want to blame the defense, that's fine. But ultimately, Lynn is sticking behind bradley and encouraging everything that's happening there so i mean i just it starts at the top and that's anthony lynn everything flows through him all the decisions everything so if i'm blaming anyone it's, it's got to be lynn yeah book Wait, stops with lynn same? yeah exactly the same just echo everything john said there there is other coaches are to blame some of the players are probably to blame for not executing but ultimately book stops with lynn wow we're all on the Lynn to go train. Um, Tommy on Facebook has an interesting question, and it's one I asked myself during the game. Where's Nuwosu gone? The apparent heir, the heir apparent to when we cut Ingram, who's looked good in spurts and and got sacks when he's coming in relief, got six offensive snaps. Um, we weren't particularly getting decent pressure or dominating. So um, what happened? Was where did he go? 
goes back to what I said before. We've too many players, too many of our so-called better players are going missing. Um, I, I don't know. There's, 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 there's something. There's an underlying issue with Sunday's performance because as much as John Gruden is improving the Raiders, they weren't that good, um, and the fact that. Murray's sort of disappeared and got hooked and we've got issues with Neurosa. It's like, what what's going on there? Have people said something out of turn and they're being reined in? Well, this, and it goes back to this conditioning issue because if you aren't rotating in talented players like Nwosu, um, one I think there was a touchdown for... Um, a, a pass touchdown for Jacobs. Um, when he came out of the backfield, Jenkins lost him. And Nwosu wasn't on the field, and we had no pass rush. Third and ten, easy touchdown. You know, absolutely no pass, pass rush. And you're wondering why is Nwosu not on the field let's, with fresh legs in that environment? Let's go back to week two. Des King, he tweeted out after the Chiefs game. I want to know what's going on. Des was fine; he was healthy. So as Des said something to the coaching staff, say, "Look, what you're doing there is wrong." And the coaching staff are like, no, we're in charge. Right, sit your ass down. You're done. Has Nuosu done the same? Has Kenneth Murray done the same? And if that's the case, people are going to be uh, afraid to speak out. If you look at Keenan Allen's comments after Sunday's defeat, he's almost mute. He doesn't say a lot. And that's not what I would expect from a veteran who's at the top of his game. So maybe players now are thinking, I'm just going to keep my gob shut because... You're just going to get shut down and you're going to lose game time. Now, whose fault's that? Is that is that Lynn? Is he shutting him down? Is he is he is he being oppressive in his in his sort of leadership style? Yep. No, no way back. You know, happy to see a team lose to deliver some sort of righteous message that you have to bow down to his way or the highway. And I'm sorry but the players have sat on the highway and we've lost. So now Lynn can get on the highway. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> you can't argue with that. Um, John, Miami's coming up. Do we want to win this game? I, I would ask you, how do we win it? And what are the keys to the big rookie playoff, the rookie head-to-head tour against Herbert matchup? Do we really even want to win this game? Or should we uh, have Herbert have a great performance, be the better quarterback and graciously lose? Which would you rather? Well, um, I actually would love to see Herbert beat Tua one because it helps put that hype down a little bit on Tua. Because now that he's playing, the hype train's gonna you know, and he's two and zero. But if you watch those games, it's not because Tua is carrying the team; it's because the defense has played out of its mind. So, um, I think if if Herbert's gonna have a good game, I I think that the Chargers can win. I I don't. I, I think the Dolphins have been relying on their defense the last two games, and I think if um, the Chargers can can do what they've been doing the last few weeks and put up 30-plus points against that Dolphins defense. Uh, I think it's going to put uh, and not give up big turnovers and let the defense score points. If they can do that, I think that they can uh, take a victory from Miami. I think that they can force Tua uh, into action. And, you know, he's been fine, but he and he's, he's had flashes of things that have made him great. But he has – I mean, it's – Again, there are only two games, and I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback at all. I, I do think that Tua is going to be a really good quarterback, but I think he's only played two games, and I don't think either game has been very impressive. In fact, Tua's very best game 
is a very similar stat line to Justin Herbert's worst game. So my point is, I don't think Tua is quite there yet. I don't think he's quite arrived. So I think that if the if the Chargers can put pressure on the Dolphins by forcing them to rely on Tua to, to beat them, uh, I think that they can very easily uh, walk away with a victory. Uh, you know, the Dolphins have some talent on their roster, but offensively, not a ton of scares me. Devontae Parker doesn't scare me. Preston Williams doesn't scare me. Uh, Miles Gaskin doesn't scare me. Jordan Howard doesn't scare me. Uh, Mike Gusecki doesn't scare me. Adam Shaheen doesn't scare me. I mean, I and by the way, the only reason I know any of these names is because I've been desperate for tight ends and running backs in fantasy football. Because if I wasn't that desperate in fantasy football, I wouldn't know any of those guys because they put up zero stats <laughs> that matter. So there's not really an offensive weapon besides Tua on the Dolphins, that makes me go, ooh, that guy, he's a real, he's a player, right? So I just, I just, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying that the, the Dolphins are, very, are actually that good of a team. I think they've relied on a defense that's been um, kind of playing over their heads recently. And I think the Chargers have the offensive power to really kind of put them in their place. So uh, what I'd really like to see is I'd really like to see the, the Chargers come out hot again and take a big lead. Uh, and then the defense to, actually perform and hold on to that lead so if that's what happens and that's a big if i mean i i, I don't see why they can't beat the dolphins was sewell or a victory over tour kind of both <laughs> look i, I want to win every game it'd be great if Agreed. we could finish t- season 10 and 6 it's not going to happen um i i can't see us winning too many games in, in the last eight i think We've just got to be excited about watching Herbert, and I think Herbert versus Tua is going to be a fixture that's going to be around for a long time. It, it is good for the sport. We all complained about the AFC East and the fact that New England have dominated. Well, now it's time for the Bills and, and Miami to step up. Uh, Herbert and Tua should be a good matchup on Sunday. Let's just let's see if we get a win. It, it'd be good, good for morale. Well, if, for... if there's one thing we can't do is 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 we keep losing. Well, you I know. Start now setting a winning mentality by winning. <laughs> well, you know, playing to win would be the thing is would be nice. Miami are on a winning mentality, aren't they? They shut out the Jets, which is not everyone's done over the Jets. So haven't won a game yet, but the four four wins on the bounce. They're starting to score. Um, can when can I just say the, the Jets? Zone. The yeah. Jets looked really bad, and the Patriots looked really bad on Monday night. So, I mean, the whole AFC East looks pretty. Pretty much garbage, except for the Bills. For the Bills, who, yeah. Who, and the Bills have honestly have had some inconsistent play. So, like, there's there is like a legitimate shot, I guess, that if the Chargers can figure this out and stop blowing games, that they could theoretically run the table on the East. And if they do, well, I mean, who knows? I mean, the thing is, the Chargers can't deal with um, right-handed passes at the minute. Two is a lefty. It's going to really confuse things, isn't it? Well, they're undefeated but, against left-handed quarterbacks. If my stats are correct here. Oh well, you, you just you just cursed that one, John. <laughs> I, well, I only say that because I don't think they've played a left-handed quarterback in like ten years. Great, that's gonna be that's gonna be <laughs> another record gone. <laughs> I, I, I think I think I think two has been really good in the, in, the, in red zone. So we've not been good at making big stops on defense. And if Casey Haywood carries on the way he's going, clearly Miami are going to target him all game. So let's let's pray that we've got Jerry Bosa back. Let's go out there. Let's be competitive. The press, the you know, the, the press, the media, the TV outlets, and most of the podcasts this week are going to pitch this game: Herbert versus Tua. 
So let's just get let's get Herbert over that line and let's let's get another win against a player from his draft class. That's what I would like to see. Yeah, you know, the road to becoming a more ruthless organization comes now. Win to ruin your draft pick, even if the playoffs are gone. Win because with that, that you know, you start losing. It seeps in, and uh, yeah, you know, you, you might get the quarterback of your dreams one year, but you know, the hangover of defeats and being unable to finish finish off teams will haunt you. Um, so yeah, I'm not up for that, guys. Um, it's been a pleasure. Um, we, we've missed Dan. Dan, we're thinking about you. Uh, congratulations again, raising a glass to you. Where are we on the socials this week? End zone eighty five. You can catch me at Adroit Airs, hashtag Audible Chocolate, hashtag Fire Lynn. <laughs> uh, I love it. You can catch me at Bez the Spaniard. The podcast is at Charged Up Pod. And check us out at www.chargedupbolts.com where we have tons of fantastic material. You can find us on Facebook if you search for us too. Please come and get involved. Love to have you. Keep your listener questions coming in. Have a great week to see what the Chargers can disappoint us with next.